0: Welcome back to Artificially Intelligent, the podcast about building an AI startup in public on nights and weekends. This week, I'm going to give you an update on branding, where we are with building the app, balancing work and downtime, and content strategy. How can we start to build a following before we've actually launched our main product? Let's get into it.
1: Hey, Jacob, how are you today? Hey, not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for joining me Good. once again. Another week. Indeed, indeed. So what's going on this week? It's been, what, two weeks since we spoke about this last time? Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, so oh, quite a lot's happened, actually. So we picked her name. We settled on our name. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Seora with a Y. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked at ae as well as alternative spelling but um a friend pointed out quite rightly that it's way too vowel and actually probably a little bit hard to to actually spell out i think you might have mentioned that last time as well
1: i uh, yeah with the ae it's kind of there's a few different ways to do it but that's a good idea say as an s-a-y-o-r-a yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's that's much more kind of Sayora, Sayora, there's still a couple of variations, but maybe it's more clear. Yeah, that sounds yeah.
0: good. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is we have a, I've made us a logo, um, which I actually really like, to be honest. And it it builds on the pronunciation a little bit as well. I'll maybe show you this after. Hard to show you guys an audio format, but I'll put a link in the description. <laughs> um, and yeah, so pretty happy about that. We also have a, a, a pretty much working skeleton for our landing page analyzer, um, Mm -hmm. which is really, really cool. We're discovering that we could do with it that we didn't know before. Um, (laughs) which is, which is crazy. So, I mean, it's like hooking up this system to, uh, to a hybrid database where we have the vector store where we've got a traditional database and that we just kind of enable it to access that in a few different ways. It's actually surprised us in some of the results it's been able to give us. We've had some challenges as well, where um, actually we're having to find ways to make sure that there's no cross-contamination across user accounts. Um, So there needs to be pretty strict sort of guardrails in place so that the system can't, for example, um, go over, it's probably less of a problem with this tool, but it will become much more of a problem later. Where if we have multiple users um stored in one database, we don't want the system to be able to reference anything to do with another user. So yeah. Yeah. it's not as actually straightforward as it would be with a traditional database. So Really? Um, Why is that? Yeah, I'm not sure. So I I figured it would just be a case of like having an ID, right? Like a user ID. If, mm-hmm. if user ID mm-hmm. matches this, then...
1: Look at data under ID1. Yeah. yeah,
0: um, And I think that's pretty much where we've got to. It just didn't work like that outside of the box, to be honest. Yeah. I'll need to get um, Ryan on soon because I'm pretty quickly getting out of my depth <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, uh, of how it actually works. But I've been in there actually using it, running it through landing pages, um, running it through some good landing pages, some bad landing pages, and starting to get pretty, um, pretty useful feedback out of it, actually. Um, so our next step is going to be to uh, start to actually design the UI around it. We, mm-hmm. we kind of we did some some sketches of maybe how certain elements might look, but mm-hmm. we didn't really know like what shapes this going to take <laughs> until we just built something really rough. So now we have yeah, something really rough, we can we can start to actually build um, a nice usable UI around it.
1: Is there anything there you can share with people listening? Get some very very early feedback or yeah
0: potentially actually um i'd love to get it to a place actually probably by the end of this week where anyone could go in and use it and it would be useful Mm -hmm. um so i I probably will i might actually do a little mini episode next week just Mm -hmm. um inviting some of the people who do listen and Mm -hmm. actually colin i've got to tell you there are Mm -hmm. people who listen to this podcast now (laughs) there are comments and all sorts so that's really exciting Yeah. yeah yeah that's cool
1: um yeah so yeah I'm that'd really, be good yeah really so so short, short episode that puts it out and uh, starts to get some feedback and that's yeah. actually that's a little motivation to get that very initial MVP out there as well yeah yeah um, I'd like a shot of it give me a shot yeah totally totally I'll get you in there I'll get you in there maybe like I say maybe this, sometime this week or very early next week uh, yeah yeah great to get yeah. your feedback as well how are you how are you finding this isn't, there wasn't someone in to chat about but how are you finding the balance of the work because you're still doing a lot you're sounds like you're doing a lot like how are you finding the kind of uh, it's not becoming onerous yet it's it is a tricky balance um it's not
0: basically what's getting sacrificed is downtime Mm, (laughs) and that's what i'm trying to balance out a little more and i'm almost trying to find ways that i can maximize the downtime that i can allow myself Mm -hmm. because i mean like unvarnished i am working like 70 80 hours a week maybe like it's a lot like uh, yeah. there's there's days where like, you know i have my time on the bus on my commute i have time for dinner and then it's pretty much like right okay time to go to work um it helps that i really enjoy what i'm doing and i actually get a fair amount of uh i don't know i get really good kicks out of, of learning new things out of creating things bringing things to life so like it doesn't feel onerous yet but i it's know like that a- it will
1: Like a hobby, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know that feeling, yeah. like So is that kind of the schedule at the moment? You're just kind of doing most evenings. You're doing, what, a few hours, two, three hours?
0: Yeah, so it's 7.30 till 10.30. Um, when I get home apart from on a Tuesday so today's Tuesday recording and this is scheduled in as like video game time with friends yeah Yeah. (laughs) I've actually got that marked as social time on my calendar (laughs) so I've got like this sort of like quota every week where it's like gotta fit in this much downtime gotta fit in this much social time gotta fit in this much time with Soph Mm -hmm. um, my partner and like yeah some of those things it's it's give and take really some weeks it's it's a little bit less on social time, a little bit more on work, but like last week I had a little bit more on social time and, you know, so it, it it kind of balances out week to week, but um, Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm preemptively trying to, yeah condition myself for when it does become more like work
1: (laughs) yeah i i I know that feeling it's like it's it's like a whole a hobby like i i'll some evenings i'll sit down and i'll play a a video game or someone for like an hour or two or i'll sit and read for an hour or two or i'll watch a tv program for an hour or two but equally i can i can play around with little puzzles or hobbies like that's coding someone up or or like building something or writing something if it's if it's a fun thing and it doesn't feel like work because it's like you say, it's learning something. It's developing something. It's yeah. it's a game. Um, it's that yeah. state of play. You know, it's that. Yeah. It's
0: a. It's something that you spend a long time trying to find. In like, I mean, this has definitely gone off the rails a little bit. But I, am um, traditionally, I am I'm I'm a gamer. I like playing games. I like playing strategy games. And I actually have found over the last kind of like year or two years that i found it really hard to slip into that state of play when you just get sort of immersed in what it is that you're doing get, get lost in a story or a mission or you know just grinding something and i have actually found that for the first time in a little while in doing this stuff yeah um which is you know really 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 good really rewarding and it's it's almost tapping into that like child's like um feeling of like building with lego you know mm-hmm. like i think mm-hmm. i think most of us kind of chase that all the way in adulthood mm-hmm. in various different yeah. ways and you know yeah. i've um for the moment certainly I've, I've found that feeling and holding on to it very tight
1: it's funny that i've i've yeah i so identify with that like i've long equated certainly the early days of running a business or building a business i should say so the building and the running are very different things the building a business is a lot so much like a game like i was exactly the same like i could spend like 10 hour sessions playing civilization at the weekend or command and conquer or you know yeah good rts or real turn-based games i could spend days playing it and i can't do it anymore and i think a big part of that is because the early days of building the podcast host it felt like a game. It was exactly that. Like you would do something, you would build something. So I'd write an article, I'd create a little email opt-in, I'd I'd create a little funnel or something or other. I'd build something and I'd get immediate feedback on whether it was working or not because the numbers would show what, what it was doing, like what the results were. And that felt exactly the same in terms of the kind of satisfaction of creating something and the feedback on whether it was a success or not. And I think getting that in a real world sense almost kind of destroyed my enjoyment of doing it in a fake world sense so it's hard to do it in a game for any length of time and i still play games i still but i find that i struggle to go longer like i lose interest after maybe an hour or so um and it's horrible actually because it's like a bit of it is like not feeling very productive and sometimes you should be able to quite happily just not feel productive for hours or days or weeks (laughs) just to get a bloody rest but yeah there's something about it it's weird but i i think that's when you when you get that feeling that's when when you know you're onto something that um doesn't mean the thing will be a success but it means that it's got a better chance of it because you're you're actually doing something you enjoy so you'll stick with it for longer
0: i think yeah totally i mean we are (laughs) we are but uh dopamine craze junkies at the Indeed.
1: end of the day, <laughs> forever chasing yeah, the dragon. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it was worth it. Was worth digging into that a wee bit because that's one of the biggest things that people struggle with in the early days of starting a company, whatever that company might be. Is how you balance it because so many people do it around a full time job. Um, that's it. Nights and, yeah. and weekends. It's yeah. Um, the, yeah the, it's how so beautiful. many side, side hustle?
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> So it's fun. Cool. It's fun. It's fun not to be on the outside looking in and wondering what's that like as well. Because mm. I had for a long time, wondered what is it like to actually have like a proper, you know, side project, to sink your teeth into and I'd yeah. daydreamed about it for so long and it's it's cool to be in there and like I really um I'm, I'm scared to
1: lose the feeling, but mm. <laughs> we'll see. Well, even if you do for this project, you know you can create it again for someone else. So yeah, don't worry. will totally. be if it's <laughs> if it goes by most people's experiences, you'll be and I have no doubt you could make this one a success, but if it's the average statistical, you'll go through another five or 10 and then find the big one. Yeah. But the big one builds on the experience you've had with all of the little ones on the way there. Yeah, totally. But you so, never know. You might be one of those. gets the first one, right? Well, I never know. Hopefully not.
0: Hopefully not. I don't think I could manage uh, <laughs> running a full-time business. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's a lie. Yes, <laughs> we'll I believe see.
1: so. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So we so wanted to talk about running, uh, running, launching a product anyway. That was today's actual talk. Yeah, I mean, we're getting dangerously close. Um, and it is, it's a mini product,
0: right? So it's not the full thing. Um, but the whole reason we're doing it is so that we can go through the, almost like what you're talking about, that kind of thing of like, your first startup's probably not going to work. Well, we kind of want to, we, we're painfully aware of the fact that this is our first go at it. So we almost want to use this as a, um that sort of testing a uh, test and run you know give mm-hmm. ourselves a better yeah. chance in launching the the full product and mm-hmm. maybe even get some 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 really happy customers that we can that we can talk to about the full product yeah um, yeah so well, we're getting w- dangerously close to that and i and i want to yeah. want to hear how you how you launched Alla two and actually how you think how should we get like our first 10 50 users that kind of thing
1: yeah yeah so we had a, a quick chat about this beforehand i sometimes feel like a bit of a one-trick pony here because our my method has always been content um even with other stuff that i've tried maybe even some stuff that i've not mentioned to you over the years but like yeah the podcast host is certainly not my first go at making someone work um but it's generally always been around making things just because that's what i enjoy but ality's launch was there was a few things around it maybe worth digging into a bit um one was kind of what you're talking about there around like getting something out as early as possible like there's a good chance the first version isn't going to work um and whether you just iterate that version and you end up with something similar but a bit different then cool or whether it actually it shows you that it's not going to work and you move on to something entirely different but very quickly um there's the whole kind of fail fast mentality and i don't necessarily agree with that A hundred percent, but I do agree with the idea of cutting things down to the smallest possible increments and getting them out for testing as soon as possible. We've learned so much of that over the years with Alatu, like how to actually make more progress is cut stuff down. And we still do it wrong sometimes as well. We still take on things which are too big. don't cut it down as much as we could so I like your idea of like the landing page for example is is great like it's a very small increment it's a very small specific focus thing that you can get out and with Alitu what we aimed for was a really specific workflow like Alitu looks really different then I think you've seen some of the pictures of it like it was such a guided process we cut the editing right up cut that's an unintended pun but The cutting part was separate from the trimming part, which was separate from the splitting part. And there were steps. So it was almost like Alitu initially was almost a tutorial on how to edit as much as it was a tool. So yeah, that was the minimum possible thing that I could think to put out was to test that editing process and how we were offering that editing. Um, And once we got to that, once we were getting close to that, I remember talking to Brian, like, go on, give, give me an estimate. When When's this gonna be ready for first users? When have you got the accounts all set up? And from there, I started building an email list. It was like, it was classic that way. It was the content, people that came to our website to read what we were doing, and I started getting them on a waiting list. So I had um, some pop-ups on the website around, uh, want to make your editing easier? Then we've got a tool coming, sign up here for early access. Um, so it was that kind of classic funnel, really. So, I guess to be able to figure it out for you is like, how can we start to build that? Or, how, or would you want to do that approach, like a kind of wait list, get people in for early access and how we get that, how you get people onto that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually not sure. I definitely want to have a wait list for the main product for the UX research tool. But do you know not what? the I- landing. yeah i I was do you know what i was wondering i was actually wondering about doing some direct outreach Mm -hmm. i know it will probably have limited success but almost try to get maybe 10 20 people in there using it probably for very little money or for free Mm -hmm. and just to get that feedback and hopefully get some reviews out of it and that kind of stuff
1: yeah Yeah. yeah you've got you've got the advantage that it's more of a b2b type tool yeah it's definitely business focused whereas certainly when we put alitu out like uh, that was 2017 so even then like business podcasting was definitely much more nascent than it is just now so it's definitely very heavily hobbyist focused so it was volume it was volume and kind of getting people in that way but you can you you can do things that don't scale as um why Combinator are often heard saying like you can, those early days you can spend a lot of time just reaching out to one person because they might become a business customer and they'll, it's worth getting that feedback as well. Actually like spending a couple hours with one person that's your ideal customer yeah. could be really, really valuable and worth a few hours of your time. Easy. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe it is actually direct sales. Yeah. I, I think
0: there's definitely, do you know what I'm actually struggling with a little bit is I definitely yeah. I want to go down the newsletter, blog content, podcasts, content strategy route, right? But um, I'm actually kind of (laughs) struggling for exactly what to talk about. Yeah. Um, Is it... I mean, the the common thing is it's always going to be around ultimately sort of like conversion and retention Hmm. you know even like the 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 the, the user research tool yeah um and the landing page that's the thing that they have in common that's stuff that i can actually talk about or certainly do research and learn things and talk about um but it feels so overdone i don't know how to like Niche down yeah. on that, you know. Maybe the niche is using AI to help you do these things. That's quite a quite a, quite an easy, well, not an easy sell, but that that's quite a straight path to. Oh, here's my product, by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I th- I'd agree. I think that is probably like you're right. Conversion rate optimization, um direct lead generation stuff like that it's all so well covered in content. Yeah. Like if you started writing a blog on that, you would. You could get in there in a year or two, but it would it would be a bit of a slog. Mm. <laughs> but AI focused, yeah, certainly. There must be people looking for that. There must be some good keywords around that just now. I, I mean, I think there's you're already doing a bit of it just now. I wonder if there's something around the kind of more um, working and open type approach. Yeah, Working open, is that, is that what you say? Work like in work, work in public, that's what I'm trying to say, um, where you actually start posting a lot more of like the little snippets of the code you're putting out, a little screenshot of something, like even if it's just like code generating code and just, but but people that are into that are going to be into it. Uh, On the other hand, the people that actually want, the people that will be your customers, maybe they won't be that fussed at all about the thing you're built, how you're building it, but maybe it's not about how you're building it. Maybe the building public stuff is actually the results. Yeah. It could work.
0: Definitely early on, I think because, the, certainly the of page analyzer, that is aimed at like indie creators, yeah. small companies, indie founders. yeah, um, And it's, yes, yeah, to help kind of bridge a gap for them or get a second opinion where maybe they don't necessarily have a founder or there's you know, or they're just, you know, wrapped up in whatever. I think it's ideal for them. And that's the kind of people that do read this, uh, yeah. do like this sort of content. Um, yeah. And I, th- I think it's a, good, um, it's a good, it would be a good thing for us as well to, to document more of the journey. And obviously we're already yeah. doing a little bit of it, but yeah, yeah. there's no sort of formal, there's no strategy around it really. There's no yeah. not any kind of lead gen or anything like that, no newsletter. But All maybe right. we could, maybe it is, um, at least early on, that's the move. And then yeah. there's always room to kind of either pivot or expand that later
1: and the great thing about that as well is there's a good starting point there because if you target down to that kind of um Indie hackers, essentially. The indie hacker community is a really good one for that. Like people share what they're building all the time and there's so much sharing goes on in there as well, Uh, as in people sharing other people's work. um, But equally, they're all probably customers of it in future too. And then you've got the kind of indie builders or um, bootstrap builder communities like Founder Summit, like uh, MicroConf, those types of places. They'll be really interested in both how you're building it and what results they'll be because they're all building similar things that this could help with so there's like a really nice little kind of entry point there that might start to grow a little kernel of traction that could snowball quite easily
0: really yeah yeah i've been um pretty immersed in microconf at the moment i really, really want to go to their event i think that'd be great fun yeah great yeah great to get a feel
1: Aye, yeah. It's one I've been wanting to go to for years, actually. Never quite managed. I've never managed the US one because we've always ended up going to the podcast conferences um, and the European one has never quite worked out on dates. So, Aye. Well, uh, yeah. How does that feel then as a wee kind of starter for... I think that makes sense to me. It feels good and it's...
0: uh, I mean, it aligns with everything that we've kind of been wanting to do anyway.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. And... I think there is actually there's a, I mean it's it's not a unique thing to build in public but I think there's a lot of um there's a lot of scope to do it in a different way to be more radically transparent or be more transparent in different ways and teach people in different ways and all these I kind actually, of things.
1: I actually think it is <clears throat> quite unique still um i think very few people do it well or stick to it for any length of time i think there are some examples out there of a few people that have done it very well continue to do it very well but people love it and they talk about those and there's not i think a lot of people like the idea but never really do it properly so if you dove into it um really i think it could work without even that much uniqueness or anything like that just because the uniqueness is, is your topic. Again, it's your angle. It's the AI plus, uh, business, mm-hmm. which will yeah. drag people in potentially. Yeah. The In terms of the, the launch then, is there much more around that in terms of, I think the only, the other thing that I was thinking of around what we did with Ality was that the, one of the learnings from you there was that, um, building that waiting list sounds like you may be not going that path anyway, But the mistake that we made with that, I made with that was doing it too early and waiting too long. Like we got, we didn't convert a lot of that early mailing list because it ended up being about three months from first contact to actually bringing them in. Yeah. And I think it was too long. It was cold by that point. Did you keep up comms throughout that
0: Mm -mm. with them? No,
1: not enough. No, I think there was a little bit, but not much at all.
0: No. Yeah.
1: So, so building in public, uh giving them updates on what was happening might have been a good way to do that but it wasn't really something i was conscious of at the time yeah in a way because if we started doing that if we
0: built a newsletter around it for example Mm. um blog content podcasts everything then that kind of is almost our waitlist Mm-hmm. for the full product right mm-hmm. so people are actually following us on that journey i mean not explicitly you know it's not like every single one of those people is explicitly interested in the product that we're building but it kind of starts with the same purpose mm-hmm.
1: i guess in a way so that kind of it's a twofer for I the artly does yeah. yeah yeah and it's a better way it, it gets around that mistake i made which was getting them on a waiting list and then actually just contact them again three months later and they're like what the hell is this What's yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. no idea what you're talking about <laughs> yeah right yeah whereas you're you're building loyalty you're building value you're actually giving them so much over the time um and maybe that gives you incentive motivation to actually put out a blog post or whatever every week yeah um around it yeah cool i'm gonna have to
0: uh (laughs) i uh for those listening colin knows this already but one area of marketing that i have never even attempted to learn or get good at is uh anything to do with search engine optimization <laughs> nothing around like <laughs> right finding keyword organic keywords for for blog content anything like that it's never interested me and i've just never even tried and if anyone asks i'm shit at it go find someone else <laughs> so That's i think i'm fair. gonna have you to get over that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i'm gonna have to get over that and i'm gonna have to actually uh learn which do you know what i'm at hmm, probably for the first time in my career kind of excited about
1: <laughs> it's a good time to get into it in that it's very, very simple now, I believe. Um, and yeah. I think a lot of people try and overcomplicate it, but actually these days it's so simple simply because all of the tools that manage it are so intelligent now. Talking yeah. of AI, <laughs> yeah. you can't game it. There's just, I, I really believe there's no way to game it now. It just it is all about the questions and answers the problem you're solving actually hitting the right tactic for your audience yeah so it's down to the stuff you know it's persona man it's persona um setting ideal audience uh digging into really what they want solved that's all seo is now i think
0: yeah uh, do you know <laughs> i think i just have it is as, as like a black box in my head and i think if i start mm-hmm. peeling back at it i'll find quite quickly ah okay this yeah. that actually makes sense yeah um one thing <laughs> i'm struggling with though is um slight tangent again but Mm. I, like I want to get like Ahrefs or SEMrush or something like that. It is so expensive. Yeah, so so expensive. Did you find any good um, any good keyword research
1: tools for early days? I mean, the, the Google Keyword Manager is still good um, mm. because it's offered for free. Obviously, because they're trying to get you to spend money on adwords, and yeah. keywords. And, sorry, and adverts. Um. But I had always aspired to have enough money to pay for SEM Rush and Hrefs, yeah, for sure. I, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it, Answer the Public is actually really good for free in terms of getting those questions, like showing you the kind of um, the volumes, that kind of stuff. Those two are the two I used when I couldn't afford anything else. Yeah, Google yeah. AdWords and Answer the Public, really. Yeah, um, I'm not sure how much more something like like SEM Rush and Hrefs and stuff like that we use these days almost more for tracking success Mm -hmm. than for the initial research phase. Yeah. Um, Like there's some competitive analysis you can do uh, and see what kind of keywords other people are ranking for. And it maybe gives you a wee steer in terms of something new to try. But genuinely, I don't think we've had any massive insights in terms of the very early stages from those tools in quite a long time.
0: The one, so the one thing one second point I have there, Is certainly by my understanding, and it's what I've been operating by for years now. So if it's wrong, that's quite concerning. um Is in Google AdWords, the keyword planner um or the keyword research tool has a difficulty on it. Mm. My understanding has always been that that is advertisers' difficulty. So how competitive is that keyword? How likely are you to get in a bidding war yeah. with someone, well, someone else on that keyword? Yeah. Whereas with something like scm rush ahrefs get difficulty on there but is that then the organic difficulty that's kind of
1: what you want right yeah it's a different thing yeah yeah Yeah. but 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 i mean does that change anything honestly like if you're going in there with like you can see one fair enough there's there's a, a couple of sites here for this keyword that are a bit less um you know they're lower ranking therefore that's the perception that it's easier to get in because you can beat those sites more easily than like nike.com or whatever whoever's writing about them but i think again the usefulness of that has disappeared a lot because any good search results these days are saturated anyway because everyone's using all the same tools and therefore again it just comes down to the customers like what the, the the most useful thing I think is search traffic. So being able to see what volume of traffic there is for any given keyword and therefore you can prioritize that way, but you can always presume that there's an utter correlation between difficulty and traffic. So if you're using AdWords and you see there's a keyword that gets 10K searches and here's a keyword that gets 1K searches, the 1K is going to have less difficulty because less companies are putting uh resource into going for that one. So. It's. I have never seen that be different, really. I, I, I've i used SEM Rush a lot over the last five, 10 years, and I've very rarely found a situation where it's given me like a, oh, look, here's a little keyword that secretly has no difficulty <laughs> and no one else in the world has noticed this. I just, I, I honestly just don't think it really happens. Yeah. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Everyone else is using the same bloody tools. Yeah.
0: So
1: <laughs> And you're in you're in a kind of nascent growing space as well. So the data around like AI, AI searches and all that kind of stuff is probably completely all over the place right now anyway. Yeah because it's just it's still sort of settling around what people are searching for, where the keywords it's like it's changing so much every week that I bet a lot of that data isn't that useful. Yeah, yeah. Very, very possibly. Cool. Okay, I identify with you though. I love to have um, like that kind of data to give you a more solid steer that you're taking the right path.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess though, I um, for the build, for the building public content that's obviously going to have to be. Uh, very much human written, but I am also really interested in experimenting with some programmatic content as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, maybe in a separate, maybe on a separate domain, just in case. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, like almost wholly AI generated. Yeah, of a bit of editing. Yeah. yeah, I once got told a story about
0: someone that made um, upwards of like five or six grand a month mm-hmm. off of a niche site mm-hmm. that was entirely about. Uh, dog food yeah but reviewing different types of dog food yeah and all they did was go to amazon go to the reviews learn the characteristics of this dog food through the reviews and what people's Mm. opinions were and then just take like product specifications pop that onto pages add in everything they've learned from the reviews and then just set up an affiliate account yeah and it's so much of it you could automate
1: that easy. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. For sure. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. There was so much of that. Like, so, when would it have been? Like two thousand. It was around twenty. I remember quite specifically, actually, because I broke my leg in twenty twelve because it was the year that um, it was the year when my kids was born. And I spent like three months, I was off work for like three months because I couldn't walk at all. It's my femur, so it was a nasty one. Um, And I spent a good bit of that time just building little niche sites uh, because because it was the time when that stuff was working like a treat and I had a few things that made a decent amount of money and it worked for a while and then Google killed most of them because of, it got smarter than that uh, and sites that only had five to ten posts on them just stopped working very well. But yeah, absolutely, there's like so, much, so many things like that have worked over the years and I've no doubt that an AI-based site, if you put a bit more work in, like sometimes you come across these sites that only have 40, 50 pages on them 40, 50 mm-hmm. blog posts that actually do really well because they're all really good, in-depth, um, well-researched posts and have managed to gather a bunch of backlinks. Um, so yeah, for sure. I bet you could. Yeah. Yeah. You build like two or three different brands and see if you can get a few of them into the top 10. <laughs> Throw all the spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks. <laughs> oh That's yeah, sorry. Fun. I shouldn't have said that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, you could. do you could. You could. Theoretically, <laughs> theoretically, you could, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know it's so yeah it's uh, th- there is like a kind of just a uh, yeah. that kind of comes around with all of this because of all the effort that i feel me and a lot of our team have gone into with content over the years that yeah. so many people can replicate like 80 percent of it yeah. um but i think the last 20 percent is the important part which is the kind of um the intelligence around of it that artificial intelligence doesn't necessarily have um, or maybe not. Maybe it's not intelligence. Maybe it's the empathy. Artificial intelligence doesn't have the empathy potentially to hit on the exact right chord of it. And I don't know. I th- I still think there's going to be six months a year down the line. There's going to be people coming out with like kite marks for human written content, human research content, all that kind of thing. It's going to be a new pillar of content where people will specifically seek out human powered content, the same way they do organic food or like stuff like that.
0: That's interesting. That's a
1: really interesting
0: take, actually. And I think you're probably right. I think that's probably where it's going to get to. Um, because <laughs> our big, red, juicy red tomatoes are amazing uh, through GMO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. <laughs> Like they are, and content will be really good, but it won't yep. be organic. Yeah. It won't really be, and it. people will want the other yeah. thing.
1: And you know, I, I think the thing is, even if it is the same, people will still want to know you'll have this kind of eerie feeling that you're reading a robot, even if it's very good and you want to know is this a person I don't I don't know if I feel good about being moved by something that is not a real yeah. person and that won't be anyone. everyone by any means is don't know don't know what the proportions will be, but that's what gives me a little bit more confidence that we can continue to do what we do with conf- with teaching and, and the community as well. Again, that's part of it, isn't it? It's like the people to people. Yeah. the Peer support and all that. So, yeah. I wonder what would happen if we did just put a badge right now, um, mm-hmm. on
0: the podcast blog. Yeah. If you're yeah. looking to start a podcast. Yeah. There. Um, the, the, <laughs> just like a little thing, hundred percent written by humans. Mm-hmm. I wonder what effect that would have. That's a good point,
1: actually. Maybe we should start that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I think I have a statement, at least, on our stance on on how we use AI. Because like we're certainly going to use it for research. Yeah. Like, um, give us an outline, like a bullet point outline for what we might include in an article. And then our writers will go in and they'll add their own take on it. And they'll iterate from that. And it'll be a starting point. But I don't think... I don't know. I was about to say a blanket statement. I don't think we'll ever have actual fully written content, fully AI written content on our site. Because mm. I think there's a I think I would rather have the stamp on it and stand yeah. out than try and compete with a flood. Yeah. I but think maybe that's wrong. Well
0: I think the thing that is gonna benefit sites like ours, where so much of it is based on it is based on like personal experience. It is based on um Stuff that can be quite subjective. There's lots of different ways mm-hmm. to the podcast, there's lots of different ways to I don't know, to think about microphones, to use microphones and you know, mm-hmm. follow different processes. And we have our own processes that we suggest to people. So that you can't really you can't really automate that. But I think um what interests me a lot is the possibilities around personalization. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. taking like a base post that we've written about like yeah. how to start a podcast and then being able to give someone uh, like a, a refined post on how to start a podcast about wooden clogs. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and kind of personalize it that way. It's still our base yeah. sort of
1: content, but absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And we looked into that a wee bit, didn't we, in terms of, should we write some blog posts like um, podcast monetization for uh, comedy podcasts yeah. or um, growth tips for um, church podcasts or something like that, you know, but the, the volume was so low on them, we decided it wasn't worth publishing many articles personalized that way. Yeah. But I could see going down the route that we've talked about a couple of times whereby our monetization article has a block at the bottom which says, yeah. what's your niche? Tell us your niche and we'll give you 10 tips based on what we've said above but tailored to your your type. Yeah, That's, that's probably where it'll go, isn't it? It's more just take our content and make it interactive. Yeah. As opposed to publishing a hundred more blog posts, potentially. Yeah. I don't know though. Yeah, They're could not be a bit interesting. Bo- times. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. What's your What's your goal for next time? Goal
0: for next time is actually have external people use the landing page analyzer. You mm-hmm. and let's say maybe like five other people.
1: Yeah, that'd cool. be really good. Okay, that'd be really good. Sweet, that'd be good. I'd love to have a shot. Yeah. Um, okay, and that's within. Well, you're talking about potentially having that out. Uh, did you say next week or this week? Th- this week or next week,
0: but certainly by the next time we record in two weeks' time. Yeah, a couple of weeks.
1: Perfect. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Thanks for that. Cheers. Bye.
0: That's a wrap for episode five. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. I want to know how do you balance work and play? I'm obviously really enjoying myself at the moment, but it is definitely a worry at the back of my mind that at some point this is going to turn into burnout. You can surely can not consistently keep doing like 70, 80 hour weeks. Um, Yeah. At some point I feel like it's going to catch up and I want to make sure that I am prepared for it. So if you could, I'd love it if you could reach out to me uh, on Twitter at it was Jacob. It was Jacob. And let me know either DM me, tag me in something, comment, you know call me a dickhead whatever you want to do just yeah let me know okay see you next time bye